Hey there. Happy Monday and welcome to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And what's going on, everybody? Excited to be here to kick off the week of Bears content for you. I'm your host today, Will DeWitt. Joined with me is Nicholas Moriano. And Nick, you've had an interesting Monday morning. Yeah, it's been interesting. I finally got in contact with the IRS. They they do exist, um, due for a refund, but we'll see if that ever happens. But, you know, it's just weird. We're doing the show at uh, 10.30 a.m., so it's a little bit different for everybody. Yeah, I've had two and a half cups of coffee so far to start my day, so I'm switching to water for the show, or else my stomach would probably get a little soured out. Uh, but I know you said bring your coffee, so I just wanted to let you know why I don't have my coffee with me. Yeah, I usually don't even drink coffee. For everyone else, I feel like they do drink coffee, so I just brought water as well. So we're we're on the water team here. Oh, I know. I know that you don't drink coffee. We've been there. Hey, Lawrence, Lawrence. you came through. Thank came you, cold man. Brew. Yeah. This is a nice <laughs> this is a La Colum cold brew. So we're uh, we're doing good over here. There you go. Fancy. Um, but no Malort chops this morning. Nick, I know you want one. No. My dad is he just got back from Florida. He's like, Hey, you want me to bring you some alert? I'm like, There's alert over there. And if there was, no, leave it. Never again. Yeah, and I just need to bring it up because I'm so mad at myself. I got home on Saturday night. Uh, thanks to everyone who watched and who donated and who smashed the like button for us. Please do that again today. Uh I realized that I was in preview mode when I did the shot of Malort. And so you guys didn't see me do the shot of Malort. And it's upsetting to me because I didn't make a Malort face. I got to be honest. I was freaking strong and mm-hmm. I just enjoyed my shot. And none of us, none of y'all saw it. So I'm sad about that. So next time we do this, I'll, uh, I'll make sure that I'm on camera. Next time. Next, next time. time sure. So there's going to be a next time, Nick. For Lawrence, I'll, I'll be at the game. So that was my last hoorah trying to do any of that stuff. So Lawrence, you, you got a lot more opportunities coming uh, this season. So get ready. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sunday, fun day. All right. Get for, to the show, boy. For what it's worth, Nick, I still have the aftertaste in my mouth for my shot of Malort all the way back during the draft uh, on the show. It doesn't go away. It's permanent. It's permanent. Yeah. Like people who haven't taken it. Like it stays, it tastes like rubber bands and it stays in your mouth. But I feel like now having a couple days removed, thankfully it's out of my system, but you're right. If, if it stayed that long, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> All right. So we have uh, a lot to get here today. We're going to share our 53 man roster pro- uh, predictions or projections. I don't know. You can tell me which one it is when we get there. And Honestly, weirdly enough, there's been praise uh, for the Chicago Bears and their offense for multiple analysts throughout the last couple of days, which, you know, hey, welcome to the club. And B, it's good to see some positive, I guess, feedback on this Bears offense. It's been a long time since the words positive and Bears offense have kind of came together. And let's start with JTL Sullivan, QB school, Nick. And I just want to know some of your thoughts on his breakdown. I watched it yesterday, rewatched it again this morning. I thought it was some really good stuff you know, all the way through. And it gets me excited about what Justin Fields can be in this offense. But I just wanted to kind of kick it over to you first just to kind of get, you know, your takeaways from it. Yeah, and if you haven't already, go check that out um, after this podcast, uh, JTL Sullivan, the QB school. But I think the big takeaway for me, what he saw in Justin Fields' game against the Browns, just his footwork and how Justin's base looked really good against the Browns. Now his now obviously with his left foot forward, what he's working on in the shotgun, but a lot of the throws that he made, the footwork was there. He knew where he was going, and that's why he saw the accuracy, the precision, the different types of throws, and just throwing with anticipation. Uh, on the one play to Dante Pettis after the holding call, where he picks up about maybe 13 yards on that one, Dante Pettis is not even coming out of his break yet before Fields is getting ready to throw that ball. Anticipation, timing, footwork, all things you wanted to see in year two for Justin Fields. And, you know, he showed out uh, against the Browns on Saturday night. Yeah, it was beautiful. Like the the rhythm and timing, it was it was like music, like watching. It was just like 
you know, like beautiful to watch. It was like, I don't know. It was just great. Like you said, the rhythm, the timing, uh, the fact that he's hitting the back of his drop. And then, you know, from there, just able to rocket that ball, use that arm strength to get in some of those tight windows. I think he mentioned one of those is like a zero window throw. Like it was, shouldn't have ever Uh been completed, but Justin was able to do that. That was good to see uh, from his perspective as well. And for me, something I saw, but it wasn't from Justin Fields on that video was the route running from Dante Pettis and St. Brown. Like they had some really nice routes to set up Pettis' touchdown, though how he kind of faked into the to the post and then was able to go out to the corner to kind of bait that DB was phenomenal. And same thing with EQ on his like hitch route. Like he had so many nuances to it. Like, am I going in? Am I going up? Am I going out? No, I'm actually curling. Like there's so many things going there. And that's exciting to see these receivers get open with the route running. And then on top of that as well, the scheme to get these guys open too, uh, which is great to see yet a second time. Because you see it once during the game and that gets you excited, but seeing it from the coach's view as well and getting JT O'Sullivan's thoughts on it to me, uh, it was really good. And I'm glad he kind of you know made this a talking point for us today because I think it was needed and warranted to kind of give more praise for Justin. I know you guys did a great job in the post game about that, but doing it here again on Monday morning, I can't think of a better way to start my day. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, actually, there's one one other comment in here about my favorite part of the QB school from It's Polo. That run with David Montgomery, and you see Justin Fields running down the right sideline. He looks like he's going to block, but thankfully he didn't, being this is a preseason game, but he has that that want that speed to get there to make that downfield block if he needed to. That was really cool to see the effort by Justin Fields on a running play. And that's just that's just who he is. So you saw every facet of his game come come to life, really, against the Cleveland Browns. And that was really cool to see. Another comment came up here from CJ about the eyes, too. Being able to look off defenders and go through progressions was on full display and a big reason why Justin was able to play to the level that we saw on Saturday night. Uh, Brian Baldinger, real quick, had a real quick video that I saw yesterday just talking about the offensive lineman coming to the rescue for the ball carrier and how that you know, that fired him up and that's how it should be. And we've mentioned it on the podcast over the last year or so, like, where has that been? Whether it's your quarterback on the ground, your running back or receiver, no one's picking these guys up. And that's something I saw under John Fox and it went away under Matt Nagy. And I'm glad to see it kind of coming back here. Now. Uh, I know he had his video with like all the linemen coming to Justin Fields rescue after the hit. And then when you're going through JTL Sullivan's video, there's that play uh, to Pettis that was like down the field. Actually, sorry, to EQ, the one that was down the field over to the sideline. Tevin Jenkins pancaked the guy in that play. Oh, yeah. Sam Mustafer apparently just wanted to, like, was in awe because all he did was stare at the guy on the ground and didn't look for someone else to block. But Tevin Jenkins, despite getting the pancake and this ball's thrown like 15 yards downfield, was the first man there on the sideline to pick up EQ. And for Tevin Jenkins, who's going to right guard, buying into it, and kind of getting his confidence and swagger back on the field, seeing him be that guy, I think means a lot that he is starting to buy in and that he is here to be a starter and wants to show his teammates like, hey, I'm here for you too. So just some other kind of things I saw in those videos. Uh, I know there's another one that we wanted to talk about as well. Again, a lot of positive stuff coming out about the Bears. Uh, Anything you wanted to mention about Dan Orlovsky's video too? Yeah, before we even talk about that real quick, Will, what you were saying, like that effort from like Tevin Jenkins and, you know, some of the other guys on his team throughout that game, Ryan Griffin spoke to the media, what was it, two days before the Cleveland Browns game. He said what would separate this team from the 31 others is how they finish. I think you're you're seeing that, Will. Well, there is a play like that for St. Brown where he's all the way maybe 19 yards down the field and Tevin Jenkins is pancaking the guy or guys, or Justin Fields is running downfield to make a block, how they finish is showing up in film. So when you they grade it after the game, you're, I think we're, we've been seeing consistently the lows have gone down. And that's gonna that equals winning football. As long as you're kind of getting that effort, that puts you more in a position to be competitive. So you're seeing that you know happen in, in these preseason games, which is great. But now to kind of transition to the Dan Orlovsky video, and I know he's kind of said, uh, you know, back and forth comments on the Bears, Justin Fields over, you know, the last couple of months now. In this video, it was all praise for Justin Fields. And he, the touchdown to Ryan Griffin, he said arguably was his favorite play 
uh, from Fields in the preseason. He also mentioned the nice throw to Tajay Sharp uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, but talked about um, if you can get that running back on the angle route, if you can get off that progression, if that's not open, that corner corner route by by Ryan Griffin is open and just being able to have anticipation with the throw. And there's just a rifle, right? He, he rocketed that throw into Ryan Griffin. So he really loved that play. And honestly, that's what you want to see from Justin Fields. Be able to go off your first read and then go from check down to touchdown. Like that's exactly what he did there. And that's, I think, going to be key for this offense if they want to actually put up points, make progress and be, you know, just a well-oiled unit, maybe uh, early on this season. But it starts with plays like that. And I know all of this is kind of focusing on Justin Field, which is very warranted because he excelled. But the man behind the scenes did a great job, too. Luke Getzee. Uh, this was the dress rehearsal, and this is the closest that we're going to see of this Bears offense, what it should look like or supposed to look like in the regular season. And if this is just like the appetizer, like I'm ready for the main course, like bring it on. I want to see what else he has up his sleeves. Uh, there's a comment from Sean about, hey, can we shout out the tight end room because gets he's getting the most out of them? Yes. And we talk about that all offseason that when you look at Green Bay, they've been doing a good job over the last couple of seasons getting those tight ends involved heavily. Uh, whether it's Tunyon, and when Tunyon was out, they had two other tight ends. Can't remember their names off the top of my head right now, but they were both equally at, you know, part of this offense. So Getsy does have a vision for this room and knows how to utilize that skill set, and that has been a position over the last few years that the Bears haven't been really able to tap into. So that does have me excited too. I keep talking about Tevin and these pancakes. And I was driving my kid to school this morning and I was like, J-Hop, can we make that a thing? You know, like Jenkins house the pancakes. I, like, I'd make a t-shirt about that. It's, I like that. There you go. Hey, if Lawrence <laughs> likes it, then we're okay. good. Cause usually I'll make down. a pun or something. And then you guys are like, it's crickets, it's silence. Hey, I'm here for <laughs> the dad jokes. Well, the you are, jokes. but Just, yeah, I meant the rest of the <laughs> All right, I so like J-Hop it, it is. Anything else about this game that stands out after a couple of days? I'm still enamored by the intensity uh, that this team plays with starters all the way down to, you know, the bottom end of this depth chart. It's been a theme all preseason, but just seeing them yet again show out and that intensity, that hustle, it's it gets me excited because they're going to play hard. And with their schedule that's ahead of them, that should win them a few ball games this season, just that effort intensity alone. And then on top of that, too, just seeing how, I think you can tell they wanted to win that game at the end. Like the Browns were coming back, but they cared. Like we want to still win. And that defense held on down the stretch. Of course, Javon Wims did not hold on down the stretch. That also helped. But Nick, anything else from this game that you wanted to kind of, you know, rehash or just say, you know, yet again, or just something new uh, from the post game show? Yeah. Just kind of rewatching the game. Just the downfield blocking. Well, was executed really well. Uh, a couple of the screens, you notice white hair, Sam must for a good job getting out in front for a Khalil Herbert screen. You also like EQ on the quick pass to Darnell Mooney. Like there is an emphasis to block downfield and to create opportunities for whoever is the ball carrier. And I think that that goes a long way too. again. It goes back to the effort because that's all blocking is it's effort. It's being able to hold on to that block long enough for the play to finally you know, be executed the right way. So I, I really like seeing that. Then real quickly, we talk about the Dante Pettis touchdown in the route that he ran, which was fantastic, just dirty, nasty, and all, you know, just a really good route by Dante Pettis. But Braxton Jones, man, I know it's not Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney on that play, but just stout, just stopping the left defensive end on that play from really put a collapse in the pocket, gave Justin Fields enough time to throw. It, it Again, wide open because of the route, but, Braxton Jones did a really nice job on that play of just allowing Fields to have time, feel comfortable to deliver a strike to Dante Pettis. You can't give too much love to Braxton Jones yet again, passing the test that was given to him. You said it wasn't the top tier pass rushers from Cleveland, but he can't control that. He doesn't determine who goes out there and plays, but the man in front of him, he was able to take care of. And that's what we need to see. Week one is going to be a big test for him as we all know, but uh, if he continues this streak, perhaps it's going to be, you know, hey, like we don't have to worry about it, but probably somewhere in the middle. All right. 
I'm, I'm good on the game. I, I know a lot of people have talked about it. You guys did a great job breaking it down on Saturday night, and there's been a lot of just extra substance kind of coming through the last few days. I don't feel like I need to rehash personally. Uh, I know I wasn't on the show. Missed out on that opportunity. Uh, were you waiting for me, by the way? I saw, like, some chat going on. <laughs> I was. I'm like, okay, let me uh, put in the in my notes, bring in Will, get the players that he, he noticed there. Uh, but, yeah, I was I was waiting. I was confused because <laughs> am I on the show? Am I not? Communication uh, is something that we talk about from this Bears team. We're going to have to have a talk after this one, too, and figure it out. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. All right, let's talk about this 53-man roster before we get to our first break because we can probably take care of an obvious position real quick. And let's start at quarterback. And I have seven. No, I'm kidding. I have two. <laughs> And it's just Justin and Trevor. Uh, I don't know what more we need to say. They're not going to bring Nathan Peterman onto this final roster. So your two guys, Justin and then Trevor Simeon, are going to be your two quarterbacks on his 53. Anything different? Are you going to blow my mind and keep Peterman? I'm not going to do that. I think you just take you carry the two quarterbacks. Simeon showed a good uh, understanding of Luke Getz's offense when he's played a majority of these preseason games, and that's obviously encouraging. And then obviously Justin Fields on Saturday night, but two quarterbacks to start off our 53-man roster predictions. All right, now things are going to get interesting. I have a feeling running backs, and let's also just count fullbacks here. So just backfield. Okay. That's not quarterback. How many do you got? I got five. What do you got, Will? I got five. I'm surprised you have five. I'm surprised I have five too, but this was a last minute. Like I tweeted out, this was a more difficult exercise than I thought it was going to be, but I'm just going to give you my five right now and we'll see if they're the same here. Well, I got Dave Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Tristan Ebner, Darrington Evans, and then Kahari blasting game as your pullback. Okay. So you're coming around. I've been on the Evans train for a bit. But you're coming around. It's the same exact five that I have. What changed your mind? Is it Tristan Ebner's health? Because that still, to me, played a role here as I was breaking down my 53. If Ebner was 100% healthy, I may have ditched Evans. But Evans has looked good. He's been someone that I've talked up throughout this offseason with a lot of potential. It's just been someone who's been dealing with injuries. It's kind of really hurt his career kind of take off so far coming out of Appalachian state, super ultra productive as returner receiver running back as well. And I feel like he does bring some good, I guess, talent to the table on this running back depth chart. And if the bears want to be a run heavy team, you can't have too many good running backs. Yeah. For me, Will, I think he has, he's had a productive preseason 14 rushing attempts, 64 yards and a touchdown, then five receptions for 32 yards in the passing game. But he also has played on special teams well. And I think that's key for a guy that's probably not going to see as many looks as just a, a running back. But he was a gunner on the first he was gunner on the first team. He was also on the first team kickoff. In the practice that I was on at a Tuesday prior to the Saturday game, he was also running with that first team on kickoff. So just seeing where the Bears kind of valued him on special teams also swayed me along with what he's done on the field as a running back swayed me to keep him on uh the 53 and that that is a change obviously from the first time we did this exercise after the chiefs game so darrington evans that's why i thought he was a good addition yeah that burst that he has has been on display uh, I've enjoyed watching that and his vision and he fits this zone offense so well it is what he's been uh most successful in throughout his career and that's why when ryan poles brought him in off that waiver wire claim i felt like he's going to make this team of course that was before Tristan ebner's arrival and then he balled out throughout training camp it took evans a while to get going nick but once we got to the game that's when he was able to take it to that next level and kind of prove that he should be on this team if you're talking about this a couple weeks ago like you said and you're looking at mostly the practices he didn't really do too much but in a game situation he was able to turn things around. Are you making some changes? Do you have the wrong date? Is that what it is? Look, I just changed like the, and this was still saying like something about Roquan on here. And I changed that maybe <laughs> two minutes before the show started. So let me actually put the right date on there. Shout out to whoever called me out on that. Thank you. So we were yeah, living in the past. Yeah. Wasn't I living in the future at one point too? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think I've been in the past future and now we're in the present. So there we go. Phew. I'll just say this. A lot of people in the uh, chat are saying that you're living in the past with that upper lip situation, but I enjoy it. <laughs> a lot of good comments, though. I've heard, I've seen Chef Boyardee, 
Uh, I've seen yeah, yeah. shower curtain. I, I mean, I, the comments are amazing. Apparently, Love my mustache everyone. knows more football than I do. Like everything. Yes, so we're that was a good, a good one. Uh, yeah, everything here. Hey, you're provoking emotion and creating a conversation, and that's what your job yeah. is to do. So you're doing a, gr a great one at it. Smash that like for his mustache, for God's sakes. And it, it smash the Even like if you, if you don't it, like it. Like. I was going to say, if you don't like yeah, it, hit yeah. the like button too. Don't hit the down <laughs> button, please. All right. So we've done quarterback. We've talked to running back. We have some big conversations coming up at wide receiver, maybe tight end. Offensive line's interesting too. There's so much coming up. But first, I want to let you know that Points Bet Sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until season kicks off. From now until September 8th, Points Bet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. Sign up for Points Bet now using code CHGO to also get risk free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. Download the Points Bet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. Don't just bet, live your bet life with points bet if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 100 gambler for crisis counseling and referral services guys with one scoop of athletic greens you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day off right this mixture of ingredients helps your immune system gives you energy and improves your focus and that's why i take my athletic greens and you should too what's awesome about athletic greens is that it costs in less than a cup of coffee a day also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. Super simple. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right, let's get back into the swing of things here. And Nick, I'm going to defer to you actually and what position that you want to break down next, tight end or wide okay. receiver? Let's go tight end. And just to recap real quick, Will and I both have seven players so far with the, the running backs and quarterbacks. Nothing crazy yet but we're gonna go to tight end well and this is another change for me i have three making the 53 man roster so you got cole Komet, ryan griffin and james o'shaughnessy all right so you're at 10 players and we have the same exact 10 players <laughs> not ultra surprising we've worked together for seven years now we kind of have like a very similar feel about this football team but chase allen you know Jake Tonjas, you know, perhaps they're going to the practice squad. Both of them, uh, I can see having value in that. But yeah, no surprises here. You have Cole Komet, who's your clear-cut starter. Ryan Griffin, that touchdown helps solidify, I think, his spot on this team. Not that I don't think it was in question, but as that tight end two role. And that touchdown was like right in that red zone area. And I mentioned all offseason that he's only a couple years removed from being a top five tight end in the red zone in the league. Like he can produce down there. And that is something that the bears should have value in. And that's why he's going to be this team and have a lot of those snaps alongside Cole Komet. And then James O'Shaughnessy is just that solid veteran. that you can lean on, rely on whenever you, if you need to have a spell situation or a three tight end set, he will provide a little bit more than chase Allen right now. But I do like these younger guys and, seeing what they can develop into. I'm not saying they shouldn't be around. I just don't see a spot for them on this roster as of today. Yeah, and we know the Bears are going to utilize two tight end sets. And just at this point, uh, with, with Chase Allen, it's like been, what what have you done for me lately? And it hasn't been much outside of when, really he was being productive when all the guys were injured. And see, obviously you're going to get those reps, those opportunities, but since those guys came back, it hasn't been as much Chase Allen as you you would like to see in terms of production in, in the pass game or even in the block game. You just don't notice him as much. But practice squad, yeah, definitely a guy that you want to you want to keep on your roster, see how he can develop. But just right now at this moment, well, just not making the fifty three. Okay, wide receiver. I feel like we can at least agree on four, like off the cuff: Darnell Mooney, St. Brown, EQ. Byron Pringle and Bayless Jones Jr. Those are the given four. 
right? Like no, unless you're going to surprise me with anyone there, but I feel like that's, that's concrete. That's concrete. That's, that should be the four that I think everyone has. Right. So total, I have six. What's your number? I have six as well. I'm going first this time. Okay, do it. <laughs> Dante Pettis is making this team. I've been saying that all offseason. I have him making this team. And then Nikhil Harry, but of course, we've all said it, most likely starting the season on IR. So once he gets placed and waivers kind of do their thing, I have Tajay Sharp coming back up to be my top six. Like, again, initial 53 would be Harry, but the real 53 come week one would be Mooney, St. Brown, Pringle, Jones Jr., Pettis, and Sharp. What about you? Well, we've been doing this for way too long, my man. I have the same exact guys. And this one, I I was also looking at Nasimba Webster, uh, just mm-hmm. being a core special teamer. But I I have the same guys. Like after that initial 53 with Harry, he'll get placed on IR. So you have another opportunity to bring somebody. And then, bam, you, you put Tajay Sharp. Uh, to be that guy. The only thing with Sharp, though, is that special teams value. If you're going to be in the back end of a back end wide receiver, you need to play on special teams. And the thing is with him in his career, I think what nine career special team snaps. And obviously, I think that's changed a little bit since he's gotten here. But that's what he needs to show. But for the initial fifty three, it's it's Mooney, Equinemius, St. Brown, Pringle, Valus Jones Jr., Pettis, and Harry. Once Harry goes on IR, you bring up Sharp. And then Isaiah Coulter goes to the practice squad. I saw a comment about, you know, what about Isaiah? I have him going to the practice squad and how the NFL works and the war of attrition would not be a surprise if he's on the active roster at some point in the season. And I know Sharp special teams value is a concern, but when you carry five running backs slash fullbacks, right, then you can you can make some of those executive decisions and not have the exact value perhaps you're looking for because you do have Darrington Evans, at least on our rosters, who is playing on special teams as that extra body. So you can perhaps get away with that here, as we've mentioned. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And I, I'm curious when it comes to obviously Tuesdays when they're going to announce everything, but I wonder if that's going to look different than, than what we have here. Well, and very well could, but that Nassimba Webster, I'm telling you, he might make it, and that might surprise a lot of people. I would be surprised as well. Yep, yep. I'm, I don't even know what else to say other than, yep, that would be a surprise to me. He could make the practice squad too. I, I don't know, but he didn't show me enough in a game mm-hmm. to like say he should make this team. You are at a lot more practices than me, so you can lean on that. But I personally did not see enough out of him. At least I didn't see more than Pettis or more than Sharp. So that's why I don't have him on the team right now. But Nick, we have the offensive line coming up next. And boy, it's it's a tough one because they're it's like the top five. All right. And then no one has wowed me to the degree where I'm like, yes, I want them on this roster. So it can go so many different directions. But how many offensive linemen are you carrying to start things off? I have nine. What about you? I have eight. Ooh, okay. So we'll have someone different. <laughs> yes, this is good. This is good for content. <laughs> All right. So since I have nine, you have eight, you go first. Okay. Got Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, Sam Mustafer, Michael Schofield, and Riley Reef. I bet I can bet your ninth. I can guess your ninth. Yep. And it's I, Carter. Yep. That's exactly it. You got it. And that's still like, eh, like he wasn't great. He wasn't spectacular, but I feel like they want nine. I guess you want to have a decent amount, but with your eight, you have everything covered. You have your starting five, you have your swing tackle, you have your guy that can play center or guard and another interior offensive lineman that can swing in on any guard position too. Mm -hmm. So I understand your eight. I just feel like they want to carry one more body. And if they do, it's going to be Carter. Zachary Thomas at a practice squad. Yeah. What I was like weighing as I was kind of going through this exercise, Will, is like what we've heard from Matt Eberflus, what we've seen in these practices is that they're going to be a physical football team. They're going to win and lose in the trenches, right? And I think you carry those extra linemen. You carry those big bodies. And so when Carter didn't make it, I'm like, man, would it, it – once the 53 comes out, if he makes it, would it be surprising? No, not at all. So – that's where I kind of was at, but I I figured you have 
Um, Mustafer and Schofield as your interior guys, right? That can play. Right. And Mustafer has got some versatility there. And then Reef is your swing slash backup tackle. Like you kind of have what you want out of there. I was thinking maybe even a Sean Coleman. If you're looking to have another tackle on the team, that could be also a possibility as mm-hmm. well. But eight for me, nine for you. Something different. Yay. <laughs> we did it. So pretty much we have the same offense. If I threw one extra offensive lineman than you, tremendous work, Nick. Uh, I totally agree with you besides one. But as I mentioned, your eight makes sense. It's just a matter of what they value and how the rest of this roster will shake out other positions. Obviously, that means you have one more player on defense than I do, which as I was going through the defense, I wish I had another roster spot. So you may be on to something here. But there it is. That's our offense. We'll recap this entire 53 at the end of the episode, just in case you missed a player or two. But Nick, do you want to swing over to the defense and stay in the trenches and just go defensive line? That's how I have it in my notes, Will. Let's let's go on over to defensive line then. Nine? Nine. Yes, but which <laughs> nine? You go first this time. I got nine right. as well. I got Robert Quinn, Justin Jones, Travis Gibson, Angelo Blackson, Aquadine Muhammad, Dominique Robinson, Kyrie's Tonga, and this is where things get interesting. I got uh, Trevon Coley making the team, and Mario Edwards Jr. is still on this team for me. I know I've seen it go back and forth between a lot of people right now. Uh, he's still on the team for me, but Coley makes this team because he's had a hell of a preseason. Five tackles, three for a loss, three sacks, six quarterback hits. This dude's in the backfield making plays. How can he not carry him over as a depth piece? He's been around the league for a while. He's established. I feel like he's going to make it uh, over Pennell and some of these other guys here, but that's my nine. Are you any different? I am. Instead of Coley, which I have in my notes, he's a third-year veteran. He played really well against the Browns in this preseason. I have Sam Kamara actually being Mm -hmm. that ninth guy. And Mario Edwards, I was back and forth on Mario Edwards. I haven't. We haven't seen Mario Edwards or heard of him, even in practices. Well, like he hasn't done much when I've been there and, you know, other other people can attest to that, too. But I think he does provide some versatility. He has lined up inside. He has lined up on on, as an end. So there is some versatility with Mario Edwards. But at this point, we really haven't seen that. So I'm kind of going based off of, you know, more so maybe just the name and the versatility more than the actual production. Because, again, we haven't seen that. But with Sam Kamara, I think this is a guy that really has embraced this hits philosophy. You see him always running to the football. I remember there were a couple reps where Tevin Jenkins, when he just had moved to right guard, where Sam Kamara just beat him off the line of scrimmage. It's like, okay, that's that's good to show the coaching staff. And, obviously, I want to see how things have changed since then. But I think he's shown enough. And, obviously, it be a key part of special teams as well. But Sam Kamara would be my ninth instead of Coley, which I wanted to put on here. And, you know, Mike Pennell was another guy, too. I was thinking, mm-hmm. where can I fit in Mike Pennell? Didn't just quite, it didn't quite work out, but that's what it ended up being for me. Kamara was my 10th. And obviously, I said it. I wish I had one more spot. You would have made it. And I like what you can do with this defensive line in terms of like if you want like those just pure pass rush sets. We could put mm-hmm. Travis Gibson inside, keep Kamara. If he makes a team on the outside along with Robert Quinn, or have that be Dominique Robinson. Like there's so many, like, I guess ways you can alternate these guys, different interchangeable lineups. It's going to be interesting how they're utilized. And it's going to be, I think a variety of different looks that you're going to see from this unit and how they kind of build out this exact position group, defensive line, will allow them to do different things depending on what they want to do and what they think will be their best foot forward. So whether it be nine, whether it be 10, I've seen some even go up to 11 uh, up Mm -hmm. here. It's there's so much that can happen here, but uh, I like that we have a variety in ourselves in terms of who's making this team at the position, but I can see Kamara making this roster too. Uh, Coley is one I think fans are kind of iffy on, but I thought I saw enough personally that he should be on this team. Yeah, like I said, I wanted to put him on here. I really did, but, you know, just how my 53 shaped, I just missed it. All right, moving over to linebacker real quick. This is where I really struggled because it's obvious for your top four, but do you keep five? 
do you keep six? I have six. What do you got? I got six too. I, Whoa. It's, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, interesting. You said this was a difficult one for you. I thought this was almost the, the easiest one personally for me to just plug in the, the linebackers here. Um, and obviously you have, you have Roquan, you have Nicholas Morrow, Matthew Adams, Joe Thomas, Jack Sanborn, and Caleb Johnson. See, we differ at number six, though. I like the Marcus ah. Gates. I still okay. like what he provides and brings to the table. And Caleb Johnson can easily go to the practice squad. I know he has special teams value. Gates does, too. Gates has really fought tooth and nail to make an NFL team. And I love that story. And maybe that's weighing a little bit too much my decision here that I'm just trying to go for that underdog story. But I, I love this path. I think there's an episode I was on with Adam where I listed like every single place. You may mm-hmm. have been there too. We've done so many episodes, but I've listed every single place that this guy's been since he was drafted or undrafted in 2018. And it's just a huge laundry list of a couple NFL teams, multiple different uh, amateur leagues, or I guess professional, but not NFL leagues. Uh, but he's here and I, he's played well in the preseason. And I liked what I've seen from his linebacker and on special teams. He's my number six with Caleb Johnson going to the practice squad. Again, Johnson, big fan of him too, being on draft the last year, loved how he made this team and was able to carve out a really nice role as a special teamer for the Bears last year but I don't know if there's a spot right now for him. Uh, if you look at this exact grouping, I like each just a little bit more, but I'm interested that we actually both did talk ourselves into six. Cause at one point I was at five, but then I kind of moved some things around and ended up at six. Yeah. I think too, going back to Indianapolis, obviously where Iberflus is from, um, the, the, lot of those backup linebackers were key contributors on special teams. Uh, and I envisioned the same role for everyone, but, you know, Roquan Smith and Nicholas Morrow. So I think that's going to be key for keeping a lot of those linebackers on the roster. And Caleb Johnson is another guy who consistently is repped to that first team kickoff. So you're just kind of looking where people line up and how consistently they're there. That can also be um, maybe an indication of what the Bears are thinking. But yeah, that one, you know, if they have Gates or Johnson there, I think it's between those two guys. All right. Up next, we're going to talk about some DBs, and I don't think I need to mention special teams. I think we know what's going to happen there, but I just did. But before we get to that, Nick, I know you have a message. We talked about Justin Fields so much in the top of this episode. I think this next message just makes so much sense to be in this episode. Yeah, and our next partnership is one of my personal favorites, everyone from CHGO as well, Owen, which stands for Only What You Need. This brand is a 100% plant-based protein company that gives you high quality and carefully selected ingredients to keep you functioning throughout your entire workday, and especially after an intense workout. In these protein shakes, you get your vegan omega-3s, your green superfoods like broccoli, kale, and spinach, and all these amazing ingredients reinforce what Owen stands for, only what you need. I've been using Owen for the last two and a half years now, got my girlfriend hooked, everyone at CHGO likes it now too, and if you're looking for a recommendation, the Pro Elite Chocolate Shake is my personal favorite. There's a bunch of flavors that you can go ahead and try, but Pro Elite, you can't beat it. What's also cool, and Will mentioned it, first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. It was after the Seattle game, Will, I talked to Fields a little bit for for a story I'm doing. I'm like, yo, Justin, you still on that plant-based diet? He's like, yeah, man, I don't eat any any meat. He stays away from any of that stuff, so still following that plant-based diet, and it seems to be working pretty well for him. So what's really cool, too, Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. When you use the code CHGO20, you get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Again, that is 20% off with the code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. So join us here at CHGO and Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need. Do they promise to have the same kind of acceleration and burst as Justin Fields? Because that one, the one block that you're talking about or the attempted block or the one you're just chasing after David, Holy moly, does that guy cover a lot of ground in a hurry? Yeah, I don't, I mean, you could take the Owen, maybe you got to take it long enough there, Will, and then you could see that verse in acceleration, but probably going to go with no. No, okay. I just wanted to see, it's probably in the disclaimers, like, you know, results may vary or, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't really be Justin, but it's still healthy, so definitely put it in your body. Uh, real quick, uh, CHGO, obviously we've been building something really special here over the course of the last 
seven, eight months now. Time really goes by fast and it's almost football season. It's What's actually up? six months on this upcoming Sunday. Damn. See, it's gone so fast. Wow. I overestimated yeah, only half a year. You're like Nick living in the future. That's right. I'm looking ahead. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Thank you for the correction. So it's been six months and it's still damn special what we've been building here. It's actually more special because it's been less time than I even thought. And I just want to know if you haven't joined our family yet, like what are you waiting for? There's so many great things by becoming a member of CHGO. Uh, First of all, you unlock all of our premium written content for members, including Adam's Hogue Bears things each and every week. You get exclusive discounts on all of our merchandise. Uh, You also get a free t-shirt when you become a member and you can join our social lounge, the CHGO lounge, which is like Discord. It's an app that you can like use to communicate with one another in different rooms and channels. And it's a little bit more intimate than social media. You, you eliminate some of those trolls and it's just a much more conductive conversation. I've actually enjoyed having so many conversations with all of our members in there in the Bears channel uh, throughout the games, before the games. It's really good stuff. You can head over to allcshow.com right now and sign up. We'd really appreciate it. So join the family here today. And if you're watching on YouTube and you have not subscribed to our channel yet, I just caught word that we are 21 subscribers away from 19,000 subs. And this is a channel that's, you know, grown rapidly since we started. And if you watch the shows, but you just don't subscribe, can you help us out? Hit that subscribe button. We can hit that next milestone of 19,000. We would really appreciate it. And uh, I'm just going to say thank you in advance because I know you're hitting that button like right now. (laughs) All right, Nick. DBs, we have corners, we have safeties, and defense, we have gone a little bit more differently than offense. Uh, We have some slightly differing opinions on how this should be built out. Looking at corner, how many do you have? That that I don't even think I have to ask anymore. We have to start with the number. I have a handful. I have six. Okay. So if you have an extra finger in your hand, that's how many I got. (laughs) Wait, there it goes. There you go. All right. Yep, got six. So you have six, so that means I need to start with my five. And boy, like, okay, can we just, before we even get to these, can we just say that this, I know I said linebackers I struggle with, but cornerback is a very difficult position to project because there's a lot of unknowns. There's some players that Mm -hmm. did show out in training camp, but there are also players that I believe the Bears wanted to be a part of the equation, but injuries kind of got in the way throughout training camp. And that's going to weigh in these decisions too. And unfortunately for you and me, we don't know the severity of any of these injuries. So that makes it very difficult to know their status for week one and what would make the most sense for the Bears for this initial 53-man roster. So with that caveat aside, my five, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor, I think Greg Stroman earned a roster spot, Nick, in this last game. I really do. He had that pick in the first half. He had those key pass breakups down the stretch to keep that uh, Bears lead and that victory for him. And then from there, I feel like it's going to be down to uh, Tavon Young or Duke Shelley. But I haven't seen Young at all because of his injury. So I think I lean Shelley for now, but I don't know. I don't like it. It's just what I feel like I have to do, if that makes sense. I get you, Will. Uh, this was tough because you mentioned Thomas Graham Jr. You mentioned Tavon Young. We haven't seen many, much of those guys at all this preseason. And, you know, OTAs, you saw Thomas Graham repping at the nickel with the ones. Yes. So that is my additional guy that I have for my six. So Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor, Thomas Graham Jr., Greg Stroman, and Duke Shelley. Okay. Um and, you know, with, with Tavon Young, it's unfortunate. He's still dealing with whatever injury it is. And Eberflus, last time he talked, he was working in a pool trying to get whatever injury worked on to feel and better. Been he's the like, story he of needs to career. get on land. Yeah, yeah. He, he just hasn't been healthy. Would it be different? Maybe. But as of right now, I, I can't put him on the stretch because I don't know where his health is at. Almost similar to, to Thomas Graham. But, I you know, I don't know this, but I just have a feeling that the Bears do like Graham and that – in two weeks' time, he, he'll be able to maybe get on the practice field, show some things. But like you, Greg Stroman, Greg Stroman had a crazy night, too, Will. Like, he was targeted a lot. There was a mm-hmm. lot of plays that he made with the interception, but also the pass breakup on the two-point conversion. 
Um, he helped get the edge a couple of times. He missed some tackles. The effort was there. Like, Greg Stroman was all over the place. But ultimately, when I think the Bears watch the film on him, they'll see a guy that has effort, needs to work a little bit more on the technique, especially the tackling. But he was in the right position a lot of the time. So I think that's going to be key. And, you know, this last preseason game obviously matters for a lot of these guys on the edge looking in. I think he got himself a roster spot. Well, when we talk about backup quarterbacks, it's always you want to find a guy who can like win you a couple of games. Like you're not looking to have the same level, but you hope mm -hmm. that they're serviceable enough that they'll win you a game or at least not lose you one. And with Greg Stroman, you said it. He's positioning wise, he's there. And when the coaches are reviewing the film, they can they can note that like, hey, this guy, he knows the defense. He understands the what the offense is trying to do, and he's in the right spot at the right time. And that means a lot because if he's in the right position, if he has to get thrust into a, you know, a a game environment in a regular season, at least they'll know like, Oh, this guy will be there. Will he make the play? We hope so, but he'll be there with a chance to do it. And I think that weighs heavily on why I expect him to make this final roster with Thomas Graham jr. And I know I didn't have him on my final. And that's something that I think maybe surprised a lot of people because I've been talking up Thomas Graham jr. Since he's came here to Chicago, he was someone that I liked coming out and he's someone that I really saw a lot of good in his very limited time last year. And then I got real excited when you were at, you know, OTAs and you're talking him up a little bit. Like that got me going. I just don't know where, like where this injury like puts him right now. And I think that's why I, from my position, from not knowing the injury, I can't put him on this final roster, but perhaps he does go on IR. Maybe it's an Akil Harry situation where he goes on the active roster, has to start the season on IR, and then someone else gets put in his place. Like then that's how, you know, Greg Stroman makes his team potentially. I don't know. Then that's the issue with not knowing the severity of these injuries because he could be ready week one. He may need a few more weeks. We just don't know. And that makes this exact exercise very difficult for me because I love the guy. I just, I just don't know where he's at. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Will. um, before Saturday's game, would you say Lamar Jackson was a way, not maybe yep. not way ahead, but ahead of Greg Stroman. And then Stroman had his game and, Kind of just it's look, Lamar Jackson was out there too. How the Bears were doing it. They had Kendall Vildor as one of the mainstay corners. And then on the opposite side, it started with Jackson. He got the first team reps. Then it went Strowman. Then it went Devontae Harris. And they kind of kept cycling out for each drive until about the second somewhere in the second half where Vildor came out and then it was Strowman and Jackson kind of manning down one side. But would you say prior to Saturday, Lamar Jackson was he would have made your fifty three? Mm hmm. I had if you want to go back to my original 53 after Kansas City, I had Bo Peak keys over Lamar Jackson, who was wow. over Greg Stroman. And mm -hmm. it just shows you how quickly things can change. But yeah, heading into the yeah. game, like I did an initial 50, not an initial. I did a pregame 53, like as a Google Doc, just to kind of know where my head's at and then allow people to kind of change my mind. And Greg Stroman is one of those players who did that. He injected himself right into that 53 with that performance. And that's what I wanted to see. I'm sure the coaches were in a very similar mindset entering that game. And hopefully what we saw matches what the coaches saw. And this guy's on the final roster. All right, let's move over to safety. I have five yet again. Uh, so it's for me, it's like, you know, 10 DBs overall. And I feel like we're going to hit the same five. Like there should not be any surprises when it comes to the safety position. Uh, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, DHC, Dan Krukshank, and Elijah Hicks. Anything different? Those are the five. I didn't have um, Elijah Hicks initially on my 53 after the Chiefs game, but I think he's shown enough. Getting that touchdown against Seattle, but also you could just tell he's a physical player. We knew that coming in, but now seeing tape of, of him in the Bears uniform kind of laying down these hits, you, you could just tell what kind of player he is and what the Bears really think of him. But he's also another guy that's on that, that kickoff team, that first first unit. So that's that could be telling where, where the Bears see him, but have the same exact five as you do. For me, this one is almost set in stone. Probably around Kansas City. I just liked what I saw out of Elijah Hicks. And he's a player like you want to be able to like put your draft picks on the active roster. You don't want to always stash them like on the practice squad. You want to be able to like, hey, I drafted a, a winner. I got someone good and now they're going to make this team. And I think Elijah Hicks fits that mold to a T and he's versatile. He can be, you know, line deep as safety. He can go down inside the box too. Uh, so I like the versatility that he brings to the table. And Dan Cruikshank's really good on special teams. Uh, we've mentioned that throughout the offseason. I expect him to have a large role there. And then DHC, 
I don't know, Nick, how do you feel about his role entering this season? Like, I feel like he's going to have a, obviously he's your, your special teams ace. Like he's been that for years, but I feel like they like him and he's going to have like his own little package on this defense. Yeah. And Eddie Jackson talked about DHC a few days ago saying like, he's just a Swiss army knife. Like he'll do whatever is asked and be and excel in it because he's smart. will be in the right position. And that's honestly who DHC is to a T right. He just is in the right place, right time. Maybe not the most athletic player, but you can, you can count on a DHC, you know, just to be in, in the right position. And sometimes like we were just talking about what you want in certain backups. That's what you want. In, in your backup safety, someone that's going to be in the right position, not going to, you know, be someone that's like a hole on the defense because he's out there, but knows his job. That's what DHC does so well. And that's why I think he will have a role in, in 2022 for the Bears defense. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And real quickly, just to cap it off special teams, Nick, I'm going to give you the honor to just give us the trio that we all know, but we have to make it official. Yeah, we got to make it official. We both have three with Cairo Santos, Patrick Scales, and Trent Gill. Is it concerning to see uh, a doink from Cairo Santos? We didn't even talk about that in the post-game show. And I'm like, oh, there's a doink. I know he missed the field goal in practice uh, earlier that week, too. I don't know from the distance, but any any concerns about Cairo as we kind of enter the 2022 season? No, like, not yet. Uh, I'm going to bank on what I saw in a regular season and really throughout most of training camp, he's been great. Uh, so Mm -hmm. maybe it's like a little funk bad week. It's the worst timing maybe. Cause like now we're entering like a game week, a game environment and we're next time we play it's for real. So you kind of hate to see it, but if you're going to like not, you know, have a shank or hit the upright or just kind of miss a few things in practice, like I'd rather do it now than week one, just get it out of the way. And then. Hopefully he's, you know, as good, I almost said it's gold, but you know, good. He's good in the regular season uh, too. So, all right, real quick, we're going to rehash our 53, just kind of list who we have on both offense and defense. But while we're doing that, I think this is a perfect opportunity. If you have any questions for us to throw it in a super chat, because, you know, it'll take about a minute or two to do this. Uh, so if you have a good question, you know, throw it up there, uh, give us a super chat. We'll make sure to answer it before we kind of close shop here, but going all the way back to the offense, Nick, you want to recap yours, and then I'll just add the extra guy that I have. Perfect. Quarterback, Justin Fields, Trevor Simeon. Running back, we have five. David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Tristan Abner. Kahari Blasting Game, Darrington Evans. Tight end, three. Cole Komet, Ryan Griffin, James O'Shaughnessy. Wide receiver, six. Initial 53, right? Darnell Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown. Byron Pringle, Valus Jones Jr., Dante Pettis, uh, Keneal Harry. And then, obviously, after 53, you put in uh, Tasha Sharp. Offensive line, we have eight with Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, Sam Musfer, Michael Schofield, Riley Reef. And then my ninth offensive lineman, which is the only thing different on our offenses that we projected, I have Jatir Carter making the team, too. Uh, Doug is upset that we did not put Devontae Harris on our final roster. You know, he made he made a couple good plays in, in against this um the Browns, but was that enough? It, it, not that I I think you saw like oh we just dismissed Devontae Harris like it was nothing. It, you know, I had him jotted down for some good plays, but ultimately when it come down to it, Elijah Hicks I think is just more valuable in the Bears' eyes. You 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 put a draft pick into him. You want to see him kind of play out and grow as uh, the season goes on. So that's what it was for me. Yeah, I'm in a very similar boat uh, as you there. Who knows? I mean, he can stick around, practice squad it, and still be mm-hmm. here. I just think they I, – I wouldn't put Hicks on a practice squad. I, I just feel like having him on the roster, you know, continue his development a little bit quicker, and he's someone that – can really carve out a good role in this defense for the years to come. He has a lot of potential and I don't want that to be squandered on a practice squad. And that game experience is so valuable. Even if it's a lot of special teams reps, I would like to see Hicks out there too, but I appreciate having a strong stance about a player, Doug, and kind of sticking with it and kind of giving them some love here in the chat. I really do appreciate that. And I think that this means a lot, you know, about what you're seeing out there too. Uh, so really good stuff there see even in the chat people getting some good observations and uh, some good thoughts because he was someone that i thought about but we didn't mention him so i appreciate someone 
bringing that name up for us too. All right, getting over to defense. Uh, my defensive line is Robert Quinn, Johnson Jones, Travis Gibson, Angela Blackson, Aquadine Muhammad, Dominic Robinson, Mario Leder Jr., even though we haven't seen him, I just feel like they he's going to be on this team. Kyrie's Tonga, and then I put Trevon Coley because uh, he had a hell of a preseason, and I thought it was enough uh, to make this team. And I know, Nick, you went slightly different. Yeah, instead of Coley, I went with Sam Kamara as my ninth defensive lineman. And then real quickly, too, we didn't talk about Micah Dutredway. Did he just move to the practice squad mm-hmm. for you right now? Because he was someone that made your initial 53, right? He did, yeah, and I think that's where he'll end up uh, on the the practice squad there. But that was another guy went back and forth when I was looking at Mario Edwards, man. I like I said, I haven't seen anything from him lately, but practice squad for Micah Du Treadway. All right, linebackers: Roquan Smith, Nicholas Morrow, Matthew Adams, Joe Thomas, Jack Sanborn. And I'm going with the Marcus Gates and Nick. Your six is a little well; it's a whole different player, a <laughs> whole, whole different guy. I'm going with Caleb Johnson. Special teams value there. Which is understood. I think Gates gets you that too. I wouldn't mind Johnson on the practice squad again. He was only an undrafted free agent last year. Still plenty of time uh, for him to stick around this building. All right, cornerback. I, I have five. Dalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor. Unfortunately, I said Duke Shelley for now. I, again, I don't like it. I just feel like that's what's in front of me. Greg Stroman earned it, and I feel like Thomas Graham Jr. goes on IR. I don't know if that means he's on the initial roster and Greg Stroman's not, and they flip-flop just like we did with Tajay Sharp and Nikhil Heary for the offense, but that's kind of what my mind's at at corner. Nick? Yeah, we're going. Uh, the only addition there is uh, Thomas Graham Jr. Uh, is It makes my initial 53. Maybe he'll be healthy by the time they play week one against the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, safety. We had the and special teams. I'm just gonna ramble off real quick, Nick. We have the same eight uh, between the two positional groups: five safeties, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, DHC, Dane Cruikshank, Elijah Hicks, and then special teams: Cairo Santos, Patrick Scales, and Trenton Gill. All right, one more thing from Doug. He said he's been a fan of us for a long time, the last seven years, and I appreciate that. I've seen him in the chat long enough to know mm-hmm. that that name. He knows a segment that we always do in this show. All right, after a 53, like who makes the practice squad? Who are those prime candidates to make it? And I feel like we kind of squeezed a few in and trickled them out throughout the episode. But if you had like three or four guys, you're like, yep, they're practice squatters. Who would they be? Yeah, I think you start We're going from the offense down to defense, like tight end. Chase Allen would be, I think, a, a prime practice squad candidate, right? That's someone that I think you can carry on there. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Jatari Carter didn't make my 53. You put him on there. Um, you can also put Micah do Treadway, like we were just talking about. So yeah, we're starting to stack, stack up the, the practice squad players just because obviously they, they just missed the cut in my 53, but those are some of the guys that I can easily see on there. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Coulter, Zachary Thomas, for me, Sam mm-hmm. Kamara, Micah do Treadway, Caleb Johnson, maybe Lamar Jackson. Honestly, I can yeah. see him yeah, doing that as well as Harris, the safety too. So those are some of the guys that I would look at and be like, all right, sign them to the practice squad. Let's go. And uh, we've talked about it on the show a lot too. Like a lot of your practice squads probably going to be people you claim from other teams. There's going to be nearly 900 people cut by almost this time tomorrow, a huge influx of talent is going to become available. And Ryan Poles is a man who's mentioned that his work will never be done. And I expect that to be true. And you'll see some new faces coming to Chicago here very, very soon. All right, let's go see if we have some questions. And Lawrence, throw them on the screen for me. Any update on the stadium field? Because I heard new grass coming in for week one. I've heard anything other than that. I just know uh, Bad Bunny had a concert at Soldier Field recently. Oh, and I guess no. there was some pyrotech, I don't know, fire involved at some point. So it couldn't be much better. But unless they resod the field, <laughs> we'll, we'll end up seeing how that, you know, Soldier Field actually looks week one. But I'm... I don't know. I don't think it's much better than it was last time we were there. Maybe there's like a farmer who has like hundreds of acres of like bluegrass. I think they said it's going to be Kentucky bluegrass, like mm-hmm. just sitting there and they're going to chop it, roll it overnight it to Soldier Field and like just lay it down. I, and then, you know, then you put the, you mark it up and make it look official. I don't know how you're going to grow like actual grass that quick. So I'd be interested to see how it looks week one, but yeah, no official update other than it's supposed to be completely new uh, week one. And that, Unfortunately, also scares me because I don't trust Soldierfield yeah. enough to put like something new doesn't always mean better. But we'll see uh, exactly how that shakes out. 
Uh, Brandon asks, do you guys think gets you a scheming receiver? It's open versus the Browns or is it full on vanilla offense? Like the change up on the snap count. I haven't seen much of that in bears football. I, we talked about this a little earlier. I believe it was a mixture of the two. I, I, I called it the appetizer. Like he was scheming some guys open, but I don't think it was 100% an offensive game plan that we're going to see. There's still going to be some wrinkles that you're going to hide, but I do think this was a close resemblance of what Luke Getzey and his offense is going to look like in the regular season. Nick, anything you want to add there? Yeah, I think there was a little bit of scheming in this one, being that it was a dress rehearsal game, right? So I think other than, you know, the past two preseason games, there was more put into this one to put Justin Fields in position to make the plays that he did. So, yeah, I thought you saw glimpses of what you're going to see throughout the regular season, getting Fields outside in the pocket, the screen game, and just, you know, that, that wide zone that obviously the Bears are running and seeing how David Montgomery looked in it too. So I think there was a little bit more of the scheming involved in against the Browns. Oh, Montgomery had that extra gear back. I, I loved watching yeah. that. Some of those cuts were, they were nice. Uh, really enjoyed uh, getting to see a little Monty action before week one. Uh, Willie wants to know, do we have a Byron Pringle update yet, Nick? We don't. Uh, nothing has been said about Byron Pringle. I guess we'll see this week uh, in terms of practices and the press conferences. But as of right now, no Pringle update. All right, Katie's burner, 14-18. Y'all think we bring Daz back for a practice squad if the Titans don't take him? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to say no, too. Um, obviously, he was just so he was just inconsistent here, Will. Uh, even you know, throughout his career here with the Bears, but in the training camp practices and in games, just inconsistent. So I'm going to say that Daz Newsome ship has sailed. Yep. I think they wouldn't have cut him so soon if they were open to bringing him back to their own practice squad. I think they wanted to give other guys that opportunity to see if they should be on the practice squad uh, instead. And then we have one more from skills Seven Eleven, And the question is, is there a chance one of the injured cornerbacks aren't that we're not seeing gets uh, IR'd? Uh, I mentioned, I think Thomas Graham could, I think if Devon Young's injury is severe enough that he would need extended time, that they would also place him on IR. Again, IR rules are very lax now, just like practice squad. Like you can put multiple players on IR. You can bring multiple mm -hmm. players back throughout the season, any point. Uh, so for me, yeah, any uh, Tavon Young, really good player when he's on the field for his career. Uh, we've talked about that in the offseason. Like when he was in Baltimore, uh, revered as a great leader in the locker room, uh, someone that people look up to on the field too. And, He's just a damn good nickel corner. At least he was a few years ago. We just haven't seen it due to injuries. And again, he comes to Chicago. You hope he puts the injuries behind him. And here he is not even on land yet. He's still in water, as Nick uh, told us a little bit earlier. But I can see either doing it if the injuries call for it. Yeah, no, uh, those guys that you mentioned, they'd be the candidates to be on IR. And we'll just have to wait and see what the Bears actually think of them and where their injuries are at, honestly, since... You know, they haven't been on the practice field, haven't been playing in games. So those are definitely two candidates. I see one more that just came in from Corey. Wants to know, like, once receivers are healthy, like, and have greater depth there, like, will we see less 12 personnel? So, you know, less tight ends, more wide receivers. I think you're going to see some two tight end sets. Luke Getzey mm -hmm. likes them. You get those big body guys. Once you get tied to 22, like, you're, I think you're going to see a lot of that, too, because – uh, Ryan Griffin, really good red zone threat. Cole Komet needs to become a really good red zone threat. And I liked how you had uh, Griffin on the right side, you know, playing in line. And then he had Komet lined up wide on the left. So you have these big bodies on the polar opposite sides of the fields, crossing them. It was just, I like it. So I don't expect it. I think they feel confident in like their tight end, maybe a little bit more than some of these receivers right now. Uh, at least I would be. I don't, I haven't seen too much out of the unit. Uh, to get you know super gung-ho about. I feel like they'll still look at receivers to even maybe add. You just never know. But I don't think that would be exactly the case. I feel like the tight end will be a featured position in this offense. Yeah, I think with the emphasis on the run game too, you're going to want those tight ends out there. So I think when it comes to 12 personnel, will they run less of it? I think you're going to see a lot of Ryan Griffin. You're going to see a lot of Cole Komet on the field, James O'Shaughnessy. And that's, that's a good thing for the Bears and what they want to do be a physical run, run the ball kind of team to set up the pass. So I think that's going to be how the bears approach this season. 
All right. And then one more from Sean. And then I think we're going to wrap it for that. I love all these questions coming in. By the way, thank you guys. Uh, he wants to know, uh, will this, will the show be back to normal time tomorrow? Uh, I think the answer is yes. And then will this be a regular Monday morning show? I don't know about that. Uh, no. no. Tomorrow we're actually late because of fifth final 53s. So, oh, Matt, I would have been great if Will just fell down. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow we're going to go late. I believe three o'clock is our official start yeah. time. And that's central time, Will. Central time. Um, but no, and also this will not, we're not doing early Monday mornings that I know of. I think we're noon is our plan, our baseline, just like this week worked out a little weirdly. See, that's why you're the producer, and I should have just deferred to you in the first place. Hi. Shrug. Now, we, yeah. now we're all on the same page. There we go. <laughs> Communication uh, is key here. But yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed the Monday morning show for what it was here today. Uh, but yeah, we'll be going back to normal time throughout the regular season. Yes. That's the head of content. Thanks, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin that's the official says, word right down there. <laughs> all right. I think I'm going to call it. That was a great episode. Yeah. Nick, your 53 was great besides the players you disagreed with me on. Mine was perfect, obviously. No, I, either way, I know we're both going to have some that were wrong. And I, I'm excited to find out what's different inside that we're actually seeing outside. Uh, and other than that, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow late. That's 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. for me. Uh, that's okay, because uh, I live in the future all the time. And yeah, we'll see you then. <laughs> but until then, also, we're late tomorrow, but there's a high chance of unveiling a new shirt, says Kevin. Ooh, oh, I, wow. this is news dropping to me. That. Oh, dropping that <laughs> on the last part of the show here, Kevin. What a tease. <laughs> Can't wait. Let's get it. But we'll find out what potentially a new shirt is tomorrow. But until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>